Welcome to Corner of Hunter and George, Peterborough's Art and Cultural Podcast, episode number 45. B.A. Johnston, that name should ring a bell, is a past Peterborough resident, a longtime stalwart of our musical scene here in Peterborough, and a comedy person's musician. I love his biting sense of realism combined with his hilarious humor that's been present on his many past releases. He's unique in himself. In 2022, he released his latest album, Werewolves of London, Ontario, is now on tour and coming to Peterborough at the Red Dog, playing with the Mickeys and Beach Boys on March 31st. He will even play in your own backyard if you want, with spandex, Casio keyboard, and good rocking fun. We discuss, among other things, his love of the Pig's Ear Tavern, his dislike of Tim Hortons, and other such matters. So enjoy my interview with B.A. Jones. All right. Now okay. does that work? That, that works, yeah. All right. So this goes in the toilet. I'll just, hopefully the phone will work at some point. We have a backup plan. Okay. That should not have taken that long. I know how to use Zoom. It's not that complicated. I'm not no, I've that seen you anymore. on Zoom, so I think you do know how to, yes. So, yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, no, sometimes it's beyond our control. So, well, um, I thank you very much for joining me. I, I, I've uh, wanted to contact you for a while because you're someone who's, uh, I don't know, even though you are a, a proud Hamiltonian, uh, you kind of really have a real, uh, you've left a real mark here in Peterborough. So I guess I was going to try uh, and put you uh, as a Hamiltonian back into your Peterborough state of mind today. Um, not hard, not hard to get back into. Okay, that's good. So you likely probably know this, that uh, the Pig's Ear Tavern is supposed to return this summer. They've already emailed me. Yeah, yeah okay. I thought, uh, not surprised. So uh, how many times do you guess that you patronized that place in its past uh, ownership? Like, did I go into the Pig's Ear? Yes, yes. I couldn't even count. Okay. I think the Pig's Ear is like the longest, the longest bar I drank in, like, with the same bartender. So oh. I think I started going there in like the nineties, like probably ninety six, seven, and then oh, wow. I was there until it closed. Mm-hmm. It was always Andrea, I believe, like other people in and out, but yeah, so a very long time. Okay, yeah. Then I, uh, not in this job, but uh, since what she did since twenty seventeen, I had the fortune of working with Andrea briefly. So uh, yeah, she's lovely. I didn't My favorite bartender. Yeah, she is great. She is great. You perform there a number of times as well. Uh, I guess what comes to your mind when you think of the pig's ear? Like for playing or just for going? Just yeah, just what comes into your mind naturally. Yeah, whatever. Pig's ear was perfect. It was my. It was the perfect bar. Mm-hmm. I like a bar that never changes. Yeah. I mean, it changed very subtly just because the laws changed. Like you couldn't smoke, so there was a smoking room, and then there's no smoking room, so it's just a room. But I just like I like a bar that remains a kind of a timeless time capsule. Like you go in there and it it could be 1985, it could be 2075. 
and the pigs here had that. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's good to hear that the owners seem to like be uh, adamant on sticking to a lot of the same past traditions and not changing too much. So yeah. you'd be a fool to change anything. I don't know yeah. why anyone would buy a, a famous business and be like, "We're going to start selling sushi or something." No, you yes. just do the things that you do. That's right. No, no sports bar version of it either, or anything like that. So no, yeah. they could have one TV in a corner. That has like football for people that don't have cable. I think that would be yeah. it for the pigs here. Right. And it right. has to be an old TV that's not flat, like one of the old round heavy ones. Right. And I, I'll, I'll be looking forward to the pickled eggs coming back myself too. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Peterborough kind of sense. Do you think there's any sort of uh, important similarities that Peterborough and Hamilton share? Maybe like this industrial past or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, we've got that. I find like the housing issues. I mean, they're everywhere in Canada, but Peterborough mm-hmm. and Hamilton, it seems like specific, you know, poverty, everything's suddenly very expensive. Um, there are a lot of blue collar workers in both places who saw, suddenly are went from being comfortable to being on like the precipice. Um, so I see that similarity in between Hamilton and Peterborough, definitely. And have you uh, kind of, when, yeah, over the years, I guess your performance, you've been kind of uh, compared to people like uh, Gigi Allen and B.A. or sorry, Stomping Tom. And yeah, by both that, those does that, two does that make you feel kind of honored or kind of is that a disrespect or is that kind of inaccurate? No, no. Kind of I mean, Gigi Allen was a weird one because I was like, I don't throw my own poo. I'm yes. not always covered in blood. Um, but I think, I think punks would see, but then. Punks would say, oh, he's like Gigi Allen. And then punks would come to see me thinking I was Gigi Allen and then be very sad that I wasn't Gigi Allen. And so right. the same thing happens with Stomp and Tom, where you get people that are like, oh, he's like Stomp and Tom. And they go, and they're like, oh, God, what a nightmare. <laughs> but I mean, I am like Stomp and Tom, and then I play Timmons. Right. Yeah, Not I don't know. Knows. I don't know a huge amount of Gigi Allen. It just, uh, you know, I don't see you. I haven't seen anything that you've defecated on stage or anything like that. No. Audiences don't like that. Yeah. They're not into it. You think they are, but no, no, no. They don't want it. No, no. no. Uh, And uh, singing voices are similar. Someone said early Gigi Allen and my singing style have some similarities, but I don't, I've never listened to Gigi Allen. I do not know. Okay. Yeah. And with Stomping Tom, well, you know, great he is. I think one of your one thing I really like about you is, uh, you know, Stomping Tom's had had a has a habit in some of his songs of getting these nostalgic cliches, and uh, I think your music evokes kind of a realism that I kind of love. Uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, I also say barely I would. There is some nostalgic cliches kind <laughs> 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 of the world I live in, in some ways. But yeah, I, I appreciate that. Yes. Um, and I, a few years ago, I'm just curious how this was doing now since uh, we're past, uh, you know, our lockdown period. But uh, you got into this uh, finest malt liquors thing with sawdust. How has that been going? Uh, it was weird. Like they wanted, they reached out to me and said, we really want to do a BA beer. And my idea was to do a, I called it the dad shredder. So like mm-hmm. my brother drinks all day long. And then he gets really angry at night. So I was like, we need a beer for dads who drink all day that they will not get to the violent stage of drinking or the angry stage. So I was like, let's give them a 2% beer that's like still beer, but they can, they can drink 100. And they said, no, no, that's a bad idea. We want to do a BA malt liquor, uh, which the problem with that is, is bars started selling it during my shows and it was like 8% alcohol. 
So my already rowdy fans were then getting liquored up on malt liquor, which made them crazier. <laughs> um, so it kind of was not the greatest business plan. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I can see the problem there. Yes. It was, uh, we created some issues. Yeah. Your, your fans don't need 8%. So that's. Uh, no, yeah. they need the 2%. Right. They've already been drinking. Now we'll come across your latest uh, release soon, but uh, you've done you put out a number of albums over the years. Is there one you find like when you're on your own free time and your own free will that you play the most of your own albums, or you're someone who just doesn't want to hear? I, mean, I never listen to my own albums. No, I would listen yeah. to a new album that's not out yet, and that's just kind of to like relive the fun of recording, which you know, any right. kind of hearing because it's new and exciting. Okay. But I know, nah, I'm good. I don't need to hear my albums. Okay. It's probably well, been like 10 years since I've heard some of them, maybe longer. Yeah, okay. Well, that's understandable. Yeah, I think a lot of people... Well, there's people that do do own. that. I've like been in a car with someone who's like, here's my record, and we listen to the whole album, and it's great. So things you do in your past, you just want it to stay there and don't... Uh, you don't want to... Be I find it can be a bit embarrassing like, sometimes, because you... Yeah. I find like as I've done it over the years, you tend to get better at how to record and engineering and that kind of stuff. And then, so now I find some of the older records, I'm like, Oh God, like there's phones ringing and mm-hmm. cats and stuff. And I'm like, we didn't even do another take. We just, just, just kept going. And just, Oh, kind of like a Neil Young thing. First take uh, right away sort of thing. Yeah. 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 Answer the phone. Be like, we're recording, hang up and it's on the record. All right. You should have just cut that out. And I, I just wonder, some of your songs in particular, some of my favorites, I just wonder if you have any sort of any of them, like um, with uh, I Don't Want to Go to No Frills. Is it still like that for you? Uh, like uh, you all, know, Lord, Lord of the Flies not, with Screaming Kids kind of thing? I mean, you all have, you have a love, like love, as I get older, it's like I do grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. You do have a love hate. We're like, I don't love grocery shopping. No. I do wish I could just go to Metro and be rich and just be like, fill a cart with prime rib. But the reality is, is you you go to no frills, which I honestly don't mind no frills, but I don't I'm not happy to be there. No, no, it's kind of like a it's a forced relationship, really, especially when we don't have yeah, too many. They have choices. food, which I need you live. Yes. <laughs> and that's, it's yes. You know, with their escalating prices. Um, yeah. Another one. Well, um, Five dollars for those decadent cookies. You're killing me there. No yes. Frills. Oh, yeah. It's like Lord of the Flies. Watching kids ruin their parents' lives Throwing Oreos in the shopping cart Watching their parents' face start to fall apart I don't want to go, I don't want to go Down to the no-frills um, And in Nuke Toronto, that was more a view of what, uh, you know, people from Toronto moving into Hamilton. Is that still like a big issue right now? Or is that it's, kind of it's past, past that point? It's, it's just, that's the way it is. There's no, like there's, yeah. you get in trouble for saying it, but it's like, there is an old, and I'm not saying old and new Hamilton, not saying it's in a way that I don't want immigration or anything like that. I'm not, it's just like the new mm-hmm. wave of Hamilton is just rich white Toronto people basically. Yeah. So no, they have all, I did, in, they have all the houses and they change kind of the fabric of the city because all the businesses are now owned by rich white Toronto people. So it caters to them. And then it displaces a lot of people that, yeah, <laughs> I should yeah. stop talking about housing because it depresses me. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll try to move on to something else. No, I'm but, just joking. Uh, I talk about I my mom all the time. Like, Shut up. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't yeah, interpreting also was that, a weird so. thing where 
I dated a girl when I went to Trent from Toronto and she spent most, and she was a lot, a lo, she's a lovely woman, but she right. spent a lot of time just kind of saying how stuff was in Toronto. Okay. You know, she'd be in Peterborough and she'd be at like the red, well, this is not like a Toronto thing. I'd be like, well, you should either live there or you should just embrace the red dog. Like you just lean in or get out, you know? That's right. And I've had a lot of Toronto people have that superiority complex where like, if it's not Toronto, it's terrible. Uh, yes, yes. And, you know, there, there aren't too many red dogs either. So, you know, not anymore. No. And, uh, that, um, yeah, I always interpreted that song as being not so much, uh, like being interpreted in an immigration state. It's more like, uh, you know, rich people seeing a deal in Hamilton and moving out there kind of thing when that was. Yeah. Like, and then they trick themselves into being like, yeah. Hamilton's what we want. It's yes, like, oh no. Yeah. It's just down the QE. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. now one thing, I don't know if I, there's a song for it, but I, you seem to have this big affection for a place I, I've never lived at, but I worked at for a number of years and lived right by in Whitby, but your affection for Oshawa. I, I don't know. I wonder oh, yeah. where that comes from. Oshawa just was always been really, as a musician, you play shows all the time when you start out and either they get it or they don't, especially when you have no built-in crowd. So they don't know who you are or what you're going to do. And it can go one of two ways. And Oshawa instantly was like a hundred percent into BA Johnson and loved my shows. So I just spent a ton of time playing there. And Oshawa's kind of also got that Hamilton thing where it's kind of the rundown. It's mm-hmm. got the, that up and down relationship with GM like Hamilton has with Steele. And uh, yeah, I just, and the people there are great. And I think it's one of those overlooked places where people just lump Oshawa in with Toronto because it's mm-hmm. close, but Oshawa is, you know, Oshawa is it's its own place, right? That yeah. no one would ever go. To. And uh, where did you play? Where have you played in Oshawa? Oh, I played them all. I think the okay. Atria, the General, yep. the Monk, it's gone. Mm-hmm. What else do I play? I don't know. They're all closed now, so I just play the Atria again. Yeah, the circle of life is taking me back to the bar that never closes. Okay, it definitely uh, what definitely maybe my favorite of yours is my uh, last shift at Timmy's. I think that's one of your more brilliant pieces. Uh, Thank especially you. Especially line "fuck this temple of mediocrity." Um, I, I I'll just tell you, I've, I was hearing recently um, a comedian, uh, I think Mark Marin. Uh, I think he was thinking of moving to Canada and he was really kind of like uh, describing one reason he wants to move to Canada is Timmy's. And he was kind of like putting it as this kind of like special thing. And the host from Canada was basically saying, well, it's basically just another version of Krispy Kreme. So it's not really anything. I don't think it's TV. It's like, it's like Dunkin' Donuts, but not as good. Yes. Yes. I would rather have Dunkin'. I, I take your feelings. Number one, your feelings on Timmy's haven't changed too much since then. And I'm just curious how often that song is requested. Um, it's long. I, I probably it's one of those things where it'll probably work its way into a live set, um, but it takes a while. Mm-hmm. Like there's a song called "High in Foodland" about when I used to work at Foodland and I'd steal all the whipped cream cans and suck the nitrous when I worked. And it's a long song, and you don't really think people will want to hear it, but after the after a couple of years, people are like, "Oh, you should play this. You should play this." And I think Timmy's. Because it's it's an awkward one to put in a set because it is long and it's wordy. It'll take some time. But, yeah, I think it'll get in there. Right. I mean, I go to Tim Hortons all the time, so it's hard for me to really disparage it. I, every time oh, you're yeah. there, you're never, you're never happy about it. Or I never. Yeah, no, it's, just, yeah, exactly mm-hmm. like no frills. It's kind of like, again, a forced yeah. relationship. Yeah. Do I need caffeine? Yes. Yes. I was working a double shift. I was selling those Tim bits. I was selling the Tim bits, cause shitty Mike had called in sick. 
was already a long day when this guy came in and ordered a BLT. Right after he was done eating it, came over and said it was microwaved incorrectly. He's yelling, he's spitting, he's screaming. He's calling me names. Next thing you know, I snap. I become a hurricane. I had another working down at Timmy's, working down at Timmy's, working down at Tim's. I had another working down at Timmy's. Fuck this temple to mediocrity. Here it is. That's right. Yeah, I, I mean, same here. Like, uh, well, I have a, I have a terrible caffeine addiction. It goes yeah, deep, but you know, in the summer, I don't know. Ice cap. There's not much else around. Okay, that's when I'm. Yeah. So, oh yeah, no. You're on tour. You're gonna go to Tim Hortons. That's right. Right. Even though I'm, I know I'm dumping out plastic soon, but I can't help it. Yeah. I um, do feel weird when people like families eating a meal there. I always want to yes. go over. Like, you, you know, there's a restaurant you could go to. <laughs> it's probably across the street. You could just go there. They got you. You don't yeah, need that's, to eat that thing. I don't understand. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I that I've I've tried to tell it to other people too who think I'm nuts but like uh, yeah I get the coffee I even getting the odd snack like a cookie or something like that or yeah. you know if you're hungry tidbits, and you want something you're having your a meal at Timmy's no. like yeah kid is like microwaving your BLT no you just go get a BLT somewhere it's, you can yes. do this but um uh, how is how is uh your mom these days she's good she's getting old so yeah. she's got like you know some mobility issues health issues we're supposed to go see Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat, but it, we had a snowstorm and she didn't want to risk the blizzard. Right. But she's doing okay, you know. And are, are you she still, still living? Wishes I was a lawyer. I mean, that's, we still talk about that. She's getting prouder oh. of my accomplishments. But oh, that's I think good. in reality, she's like, you just would have been a great lawyer. I'm like, Man, maybe I should have done that. <laughs> are, you, uh, are you still living with her right now? Or Oh, yeah. Well, I'm in her Airbnb. She got an abandoned Airbnb no one's staying. Okay. I was doing Valentine's Day songograms. She was too loud, so she wanted me to go do them somewhere else. Okay. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll get into those since we recently passed that by. Um, now, yeah, actually, that was my next one. So since it's, uh, yeah, we just had it a few days ago, I, I don't know if I, maybe you can explain your Valentine's songogram. I don't know if I quite understood the whole thing of that. Well, it's cameo. So there's mm-hmm. a thing where you would pay a celebrity, you get like Hacksaw Jim Duggan, the wrestler, and you give him like $80, and he wishes you a happy like retirement. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to pay cameo fees. So basically, I just sing you a Valentine's I'd make up a Valentine's Day song, personalized message for someone for $14.50. Okay. And Valentine's, a lot of people are stuck for gifts. They don't want to spend a lot, but they got to get somebody something. Mm-hmm. So... I call this songogram season because I have to end up doing having to do like a hundred songs. Okay, so so, so it's time, very time consuming. Right. No, I can. See I also that. should charge more money because fourteen dollars doesn't sound. I thought it was a lot of money, but I don't know if it is. Not red fourteen dollars. No, I don't think so. Not not in this inflation age. No. That's that's actually a pretty good deal if someone's getting a song for fourteen dollars. That's pretty good. I'm, I, I'm a bad businessman, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. So you were pretty busy this year in twenty twenty three. You're saying. For... Yeah, I mean, I try and stay as busy as possible. Like, I tend to get really burned out on playing shows. And then whenever I'm done playing shows, I tend to be, like, instantly bored. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where I'm like, oh, I got to go do something. And just uh, back to Peterborough. Besides, I miss the Pig's Ear Tavern, which we've just discussed about. Do you ha- Have you had, have you done any other songs with Peterborough in mind ever in your career? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's been a bunch. I mean, Peter Pit Girls. Was a really really old song. Uh, was about the Peterborough Peter Pit, yeah. a girl who worked there. I can't believe he writes songs like that. It's so embarrassing thinking about it. 
I think I used to reference it's not there anywhere. There was a pizza place called uh, Hard Times, I think, or something. It was open late. Mm-hmm. I used to talk about that place a lot. They got crushed by the 24-hour poutinery that opened up, I think. Right, right. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Yes. Yeah, that's going back a bit, but yes. Yeah, um, a lot of my songs are old. Well, there's Peterborough Love that references, like, Jeff Purvey's and stuff like that. Right. The old bacon make. A lot of my songs have Peterborough references of all the things that have closed since I've left. Right. Well, it's hard to understand. Just, no one knows what the purple. The kids today don't care about the purple rooster. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's that's left us. Je- Jeff's is still around, but uh, yes. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and is is there such a thing still as a deep fryer in your bedroom? There is. I try. I don't have a deep fryer. People always like, mm-hmm. oh, you got a deep fryer, but that song, I don't have a deep fryer because I'm fat enough, and if I had one, I would get worse. Mm-hmm. That song was about. I worked in a sushi restaurant, and I was. They made you work like twelve hour shifts, and it was all deep frying by hand. So you had to like oh. drop stuff in and get chopsticks yeah. to get it out. And they would tell me that the cooks would get so tired, eventually you put your hand in the oil because you always have to constantly wash your hand, put it in oil. Yeah. And then they were like, soon you're gonna put your hand in the oil, and I'm like, oh great, I make seven dollars an hour, and I'm gonna burn my hand, and then eventually yeah. you kind of dip your yeah, you're gonna burn yourself. So I just felt like it was in my bedroom because I was always so tired and I was constantly frying. Oh, wow. That's, that sounds horrific. Wait, okay. Yes. It was a fun job, but yeah, yeah. no. It's yeah. Dangerous work. work. Are you ready? Doesn't matter. Got a deep fire in my bedroom. Got a deep And the French fries are dancing in my dreams And the deep fried shrimp is my reality Oh, you're Hamilton a lovable dump? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's an expensive lovable dump now Which is the irony to me is it's, it's like, look at these million dollar homes that are falling down sheds And then there's like a slag heap on fire here Mm-hmm Right. But it's so it's still it's still lovable and it's still a dump. <laughs> but it's right. just the price is the price is risen. And what exactly are your ham jam sessions that you've done over the years? So ham jam is a TV show. Um, Bell Five. So Bell Media has to have a local programming like quotient for their license. Mm-hmm. Um, and since most TV stuff has gone to streaming, a lot of the local programming is streaming. So we do a Hamilton-based TV show called Ham Jam. Um, it's on YouTube the first season and on Bell 5. And then season two is coming out probably in the summer. It's uh, finished recording, so there's editing now. So we just do like a TV show. It's kind of like a love letter to forgotten things in Hamilton that no longer exist. Okay. All right. Uh, It'll be like doing a Peterborough show where we just talk about Ted's Ted's buy and sell or Ted's video for like 10 okay. minutes. You interview Ted. It's just that. Except okay. Hamilton. Okay, so it's kind of like a mark of the old Hamilton in a way. Yeah, it's just like the lovable stuff that's forgotten by time that is disappearing. Um, That's kind of my bread and butter. And over the last few years, especially during 2020 and 2021, you seem to really enjoy doing these backyard shows. Uh, Are you are you still planning on doing any any future of doing this? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've already started booking them for this summer. Uh, it stopped straight up as a COVID necessity. I was, I mean, I was very bored and worried about, like, I spent a lot of time building up my career, I guess you'd call it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then with COVID, you couldn't play shows. So I just was like, I got to do something or I'm going to go, gonna, I'm going to kind of lose it just being trapped in my house. So I started playing backyard shows thinking I do maybe a handful of them. And I ended up doing like 65 shows in like three months or two months or something crazy. I do like three a day. Sometimes I do six a weekend. Um, so you basically would show up, play a show, get back in the car, show up, play a show. But I mean, I, and I never liked per- playing private parties. I always disliked it. But uh, I love the backyard shows. I found it a great way to connect with people. There's a lot of people that don't go see. Um, so it was kind of nice, you know, to play to the people that are a bit older, maybe, and don't want to come to the bar and say little two, or it's someone's birthday and they think it'd be a fun surprise. So, yeah, it, it's been a really good time. Okay. So that's one thing I it was quite positive out of lockdown then you something you discovered and you just uh, want to keep doing it yeah great no and, it was great i, I love them yeah i can see it leading it's kind of it's more of a it almost like promotes kind of a community feel to it a community event to it yeah and you really do get to play places like sturgeon falls and like mm-hmm. really small towns where you know like port colburn where you're playing some guy's barn like there it, it brings me to places i normally wouldn't get to go between you and Stop and Tom, are you still comfortable kind of as your in-costume thing? Does it still involve a lot of spandex? I love – spandex is staying. I mean, okay. the BA costume evolves, but I'm, I like this. It gives you a lot of freedom of movement. It does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I'm into it. And am I People, the fans aren't as into it. They, they're creeped out, but I like it. Oh. It's, it gives me some speed. Right. Right. I used to wear just dirty pajamas, and I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore. It doesn't look good. Maybe no. in 10 years when I'm older, I'll go back to pajamas. I'll just shuffle in with my slippers. But Well, I can still well, I can still fly with the eagles. I'm going to keep the spandex on. Okay, great, great. It seems often to be kind of like a yellowish-green color, if I'm correct. Maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong. I got many that. pairs because they, they tend to get ripped, and I want to look yeah. good. The yellow-green ones, I think, are done. I think I retired those. Okay. I have skull ones now from Halloween. And another thing that stands out about you is the uh, Casio keyboard. Do you, what is it you love about the Casio keyboard? I mean, that was another thing that just was born out of necessity. Like I, I was fighting with my mom and I went downstairs. I was kind of hiding from her in the basement. And I found my old Casio keyboard uh, that I got when I was like nine. So I was like, oh, like maybe because my guitar playing is so bad, I'll play the keyboard and it'll break up my set a bit. And then I got another Casio, and then I realized I don't want to carry more than two Casios. So that's one of the uh, kind of the beat songs started coming in, because I just started programming the Casio beats um, to avoid carrying more stuff. But I still carry the original two Casios for some reason. To fit the sound off to the song. You're yeah, you want to – when you're at my skill level, you got to break it up sometimes. Play a bad Casio. Play a bad guitar. Well, perhaps, but also I think also the – while you do have like a lot of, like I said, a lot of biting realism, there's obviously a certain element of humor there. And I think the Casio keyboard kind of displays that better than say, if you were, I don't know. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. That's That's right. Yeah. Say you're doing it on a Heinzman piano or something like that. Um, I would. (laughs) Now maybe, maybe this has changed too, as we, as we age, but uh, earlier in your career, you seem to really take to uh, Doritos or other convenience store foods to seem to get you, through being a musician or being part of a coping mechanism, but is that is that changed now? No, no. There's a song okay. about Doritos in the last record. Okay, <laughs> all right, all right. God, God, damn, 
What a lictorito dust from my hands. Get off the couch and be a better man than I am. <laughs> and now you seem to, yeah, you seem to really know Ontario and the West quite well, but um, till your latest album, Werewolves of London, Ontario, I didn't really see you having that much of a relationship with Southwestern Ontario. Um, but first of all, the, the, the Werewolves in London, Warren Zevin, do you consider, still consider that the greatest song ever? Because if you do, I can oh, yeah. totally be- relate to that. It's amazing. Yeah. I love it. I'm always so angry when it's like the kid rock song on their mm-hmm. classic rock radio when you're like, wait a sec, you're all getting into werewolves and it's kid yeah. rock comes in and you're like, oh, it drives me crazy. Should be yeah. illegal. Yes, yeah, it's, it's one of those songs like I really got into when I was five, and I would still get into now. It's it's, it's uh, not. Yeah, it's a great song. It's it is a lyrics great song. are just, really good for how dumb it is. Yeah, and just the opening riff of the piano and everything, it just really fits. Yes, yeah. He's he's definitely he's been highly underrated over the years, Warren. No, definitely. But, um, and so I guess this experience, were, werewolves in uh, London, Ontario. Uh, do you feel like now you know southwestern Ontario a bit better? Because I don't really, I don't really see many songs you singing much about. Like I don't, say, I don't have much of a personal relationship with London like that. I don't play London much or like mm-hmm. Windsor, so I, I don't have a lot. I'd say Werewolves. If anything, it leans more to like it's a lot of maritime songs. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, it's got I, the Donairs, Chohair My Donair. It's got the Irving song. I think maybe that's it. But still, two maritime songs is a lot for a record. Right. And I don't, I don't think you've ever referred to KW even too much, have you? Uh, before in your no, no. I mean, I play, I play Waterloo and mm-hmm. Cambridge uh, fairly often, but I, no, there's not much I think in about songs okay. of those places. Um, is there anything you'd like to say about this winter's tour and other uh, 2023 plans? It's good. Get ready. There's a lot of stuff coming up. A lot of secret things I can't talk about. Okay. All right. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of a lot of VA coming down the pipeline. Okay, well, you have some posted, such as uh, what I see March 31st at Red Dog with Beef Boys. Yeah, I am in town. I have a big tour coming up, so I'm playing uh, playing yeah. the Red Dog with uh, the Mickeys and the Beef Boys. It should be fun. That's right. We still open by then. I, I think that's a that's a that's a great trio to have. And uh, yes, yeah, so Then when I've seen your name, because um, I haven't always lived in Peterborough, but when I've lived here, I when I've seen your name, it often it goes along with Red Dog. Uh, how many yes. times do you think you've uh, in a estimation, how how often do you think you've played a Red Dog? In my life? Y- yes. It's like, are we hitting uh, above 50 or are we? Yeah. I haven't counted. I haven't kept count. It's a lot. Okay. Yeah. I don't know, two or three times a year for 10 years. Okay. Maybe All longer. Right. Whenever, the pig, whenever the pigs are closed, I pretty much just switched right to the Red Dog. And before yeah. the pigs are closed, I'd rotate. Pigs ear red dog, pigs ear red dog. Because mm-hmm. the red dog would always get crabby when I played somewhere else. I had to throw him a bone here and there. Okay. And I noticed for this tour, while you have a close relationship with the West and the Prairies, uh, you don't have BC on this tour. And I'm just wondering if... I'm actually that's... doing a huge tour of just BC in June. Well, it's just, I have to get there. So there's some, like, I'm doing Capus. I'm doing all the secondary markets and BC. Capus okay. Casey, coming there. Red Deer. All these great places. I port Prince George. I'm, I'm going and I'm hitting them all. As like any place with five figures in their population or more, you're you're yeah. Port Hardy, BC. I'm coming to the Legion. Uh, okay, even great. less. Wow. Okay. Yes. Yeah, it'd be. T- it's a terrible idea. I messed up. Huge. I'm very scared of this tour of secondary markets that don't pay. <laughs> well, it um, it might. 
it certainly uh, it hits. Uh, I think those are people who really want live music, though. So it could really it'll be good. It really Every, good. I yes, come yeah. yes. It's, uh, now, um, what do we get uh, on your Patreon page? I mean, Patreon. I have a. It's like I feel weird about Patreon because I don't like asking people for money, but it, it has been helpful for me. Uh, provided with a bit of income stability. Uh, people that sign up get a lot of kind of BA merch. They get this month, they got a free keychain, free stickers, free magnets, uh, free coasters, stuff like that. They get early access to any songwriting stuff. So any new songs that are coming up, they show up. There's been some live streams, uh, early access to all the videos. Um, it's a lot of that stuff. I and mean, the Patreon mostly funds the videos. So they get the videos like a month before everybody else. Hmm. Okay. Um, oh, another, another business I have to go on to you about, because I don't know, my, my family seems to love this place, at least the Peterborough edition of it, but, uh, you seem to hate value village. So what, what do you, what do you hate about yeah. value village? Or is it's hate another love hate thing. It's like, okay. it's just too expensive. Okay. Like it's not cheap anymore. It's like junk. I, I feel better going to a real thrift store cause there's still some bargains left. I still go to value village though, but I, I never buy anything anymore. Okay. I'll still flip through it. And then I just get enraged at the prices. And I only like I don't donate anything of value to a real thrift store and anything that's actual garbage, I just bring to Value Village now. So if it's like rusty tomato juice and ripped underwear, it's like value village. You know? And if it's like actual clothes someone will buy, it's like take it to the real thrift store. Okay. Um I've enjoyed I don't say this about many people, but I have enjoyed often a lot of your uh tweets uh that's not really i'd say but much about too many people like i said but uh i'm just wondering how many times have you uh used the f word with uh, doug ford a lot i actually really tanked because i had an album coming out and it was right before the ontario election and i spent all my air like online air to promote stuff rage tweeting about doug ford and the inability of any opposition Mm -hmm. party to do anything against what appears to be an unlikable corrupt candidate um so yeah and then and when the album came out the next day no one cared about it because i stayed up all night freaking out about doug ford so yeah it's a lot of that okay. Okay. he's not really a man of the people then no people no no he he has he has a stag and doe like no one else does so yeah i know i gotta i gotta start having those <laughs> yes yeah um yeah, the now i noticed this i don't know if this was 2022 i think it was uh is there anything you can say about your role in the uh a band i kind of remember listening to in the early 80s a bit because it was always on cbc with crtc and that uh doug and the slugs your role in the movie doug and the slugs and me i believe that was a bit of an odd one because i mean they had some actual famous like biff nakeds in it and ron saxman mm-hmm. so they have some real musicians there right i just have i referenced doug and the slugs in a couple songs and they reached out to me to talk about um, Doug and the Slugs and their impact on, you know, their influence on me. So, and I didn't realize it was a real movie. Like I filmed it at my mom's and I was like, oh, I was going to film this. I thought it was going to be like a guy with a camera showing up, but it was like a full CBC crew with, mm-hmm. they had like stuff to block off the light. And they told my neighbors around their air conditioning. And my mom was not impressed. She was like, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and then they gave her a free Cobb salad and she was happy but it, yeah it was a big thing but I'm only in it for like two minutes but it's a great movie and I think Doug and the Slugs are a pretty underrated band people tend to write them off as you know Canadian CanCon schlock on the radio but they're actually if you do a bit of a deep dive on Doug and the Slugs they're pretty good 
Yeah, no, I I remember a lot of their yeah I remember a lot of their songs. They're just one of those bands that were kind of played in a really kind of Canadian way, but you wouldn't yes. know about them. And once they were gone, they kind of were never talked about. Um, no, it's, it's, it's I find that kind of stuff interesting because I mean, yeah. people don't realize how hard it would be to be a Doug and the Slugs, like where people right. are like, oh, Doug and the Slugs, ha ha ha, what a joke. It's like, right. oh no, that's like one percent of all bands get to that height. Um. And wasn't it uh, her daughter that was behind this production as well, like Doug's daughter? It was her neighbor. So the whole story of the movie is uh, is the the girl lived beside the, the family, Doug and the Slugs, his wife and kids, was best friends with the daughter, mm-hmm. and then lost touch with the daughter. And so she basically shows parallels between the struggle between Doug and the Slugs, which was real. They had a lot of tension. Mm-hmm. And then her and the daughter drifting apart as well. It's, it's, a, it's a good movie. And it's, I think, for free on CBC Gems or whatever. You can watch it right now. No cost okay. nothing. All right. Um, now this is maybe a question you don't know anything about because not directly related to you, but it's about it's about Hamilton. Uh, have you ever, uh, or do you have any? Do you know about, or do you have a, uh, ever heard of this guy uh, Joey Cameron, who's not really well liked by Hamilton's politicians, as he's uh, been kind of kicked out of a few council meetings. Well, he's like you know, the reporter guy. Yeah, he's the reporter guy who just yeah, he's he just filming the like, stuff. Council yeah. meetings. Yeah, I mean, been... I think it. I think it's good to have some journalism in politics to keep people accountable. Yeah. I don't know if he's extra annoying or what, but I mean, I don't like the idea of like no journalists in council meetings. I mean, Hamilton has a history of like constantly dumping sewage waste into our harbor. <laughs> We're yeah. still doing it. Maybe we should have someone being like, "Are you dumping sewage into our harbor?" Yeah, no, I, I think all he's doing is trying to re- like film what they're saying in that, and uh, I know he, and that just, should be okay. It's kind of what he signed a, up. Yes, I was getting him a few enemies. So okay, um, so where is your where's your next uh, stop, uh, like that you're playing at, or is that is that Barry, Ontario, one? February 25th, Queens Nightclub. Okay, nice. Okay, yeah, that's I believe right downtown is there. It? So yeah, yeah, dude. When lockdown stopped, like last year, did you feel like, uh, even, even though you've really been enjoying these backyard shows, did you feel like kind of a something lifted from you, like a bit of a oh yeah, stress most relief? Yeah, I mean, at the same time, you're almost like, I don't know how safe this is, but the same, but uh, again, I was like, I'm just happy to be doing something. I mean, the day mm-hmm. after the lockdown lifted, I saw Guar. So there were like a thousand people in a giant venue, and they're shooting blood, and there's all these crust punks everywhere. And it was like, oh, yesterday I couldn't even go hang out with like 50 people. And now there's a thousand people and there's like blood. It, it felt good, you know. Mm-hmm. It was a nice COVID release scene, Guar, a band <laughs> I never thought much about until, right, until, I, really, right. until I really yeah. wanted to go see a concert. <laughs> um, and just to your Peterborough show, like uh, you must you must know that I, you were talking about it. You must know the Mickey's pretty well then. Than, uh, I'm going to play with them a rap. fair bit. I, I love yeah. seeing Peterborough's always had a great history of uh, strong local bands. Yep. Um, and Mickey's are no different than they're a great, great band. They can really play their instruments. They're fun to watch and they're nice people. They're, right. They hit all, they take all my boxes. They, and they do are great and they, they, uh, they're a little punkier, but they do uh, sing about like things that are day-to-day life in Peterborough. Like, so, yeah, you know, we do, some yeah. of our no, they're, they're great. Uh, yes. You're somebody who's like not from here, but you seem part of here. Cause you're so like, I love Peterborough. Right I went to, I went to Trantford and I worked at the trash for years. I lived in Peterborough for 10 years. So I, right. it's always a part of me. Peterborough for a length of time. You never really leave Peterborough. Right. 
Right. And right. I've lived other places where I left and I'd never thought of them again. So it's not like okay. everywhere is like, but I find I get Peterborough songs requested in the Yukon. If someone goes to Trent and they're at one of my shows somewhere else, they're going to want to hear some Peterborough material or at least talk about Peterborough. So. Well, well, good to hear it. I hope uh, this uh, is tour uh, is both enjoyable and doesn't take too much out of you. And um, thanks so much. Yes. Be looking forward to seeing you uh, March 31st in uh, Peterborough. The sad thing is I'm really out of shape, so whenever I play a song where I run around to play a quiet song, where I vomit, I blame Grade 10 Jim. Couldn't they have kept me in shape forever instead of just the summer after Grade 10 Jim? It's a song about Peterborough. It's called Peterborough Love. It's my ballad. Anyone got a lighter? Peterborough, you're gonna kill me this time. Rip my heart right out. Calls for a couple times. Oh, Chummies did not want it. Too cool for Ted's video, too cool for Arby's. 